Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So good to be back online as we prepare our hearts to receive what the Lord has and as we make decisions to serve him. Hallelujah. Especially in these last days. So let's just worship this great king for he alone is worthy. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you. We give you praise. We give you thanks. We worship you. Hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Early in the morning my prayers shall rise to thee, only thou art holy, merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To know you, the true and the living God, we are so grateful. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. Seporote la praste, migazando brezite provala shembracatulo si predi, franda liso preste fele gende, brada coro sembre le minte, kelmendo remete pravate pelieste, e fremito presimalte le brocufa falane, e we worship you sepra mabalma no crosupa fediente. Remando recipredi el vitoro, gembre evre culo sopra pefetile, mincladus opapalze inigaro, indrolus kimi alto, misavran, el mitocuris, manchta cradadisto la prava, for my people are destined for victory. Helo crudo brosto finite le mia, which I prepared for them before time began. And I will keep them in that path even to the end. Brasutore di este. Because it is my divine counsel and will that such come to pass. Le prusufreletia. I planned victory because I am always and will be the winner. Repazabra di cradafroveto roste. Grabazuro stepre. So brace yourselves and comfort yourselves and strengthen yourselves in me, for that is your destiny. 
Rapa doste praselito, mensch de frele vido, gama zambre minaso crusto. There's nothing else for you but victory in everything. Ha ha. Halabo sheketele makatara pasataya. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We yield to you, Lord. We open ourselves to you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Saparana Kabalana, Rampazanta, Rabazito, Rabazino, Kalmaraste, Ebia, Ramoho, Falete, Preselite, Mezundo. Worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Thank you for the holy written word. Thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. We worship you, we worship you. You are welcome in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, 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 thank you. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. The name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Medokoto Prasta. We'll just open up our Bibles to Galatians, the third chapter, and um, read something out of there. Hallelujah. The seventh verse says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith The same are the children of Abraham. Verse 8, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Hallelujah. Interesting line of scripture there. And we need to observe the scripture is an interesting thing. Hallelujah. And whatever God can do, the scripture will do also. And part of God's own nature is that he sees everything before it happens. And so we can also ascribe that kind of quality to the word. Notice in the 8th verse, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Hallelujah. So there is an aspect to the scripture that has already seen things, that if you tune in and hearken to the scripture, You are tapping into uh, something that goes beyond your present time and situation and even into the future. And you have access into this great place in Christ. And uh, the scripture had a prominent role according to this verse also. That 
you and I were already seen by the Lord and the gospel, the blessedness of his life and purpose for you was already planned. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Very interesting thought. Um, I remember the testimony of someone who um, was listening to a message, maybe preached two or three years before that time. And, um, you know, they were suffering with malaria somewhere in Africa at that time. And uh, in that message, you know, suddenly there was a word for somebody suffering with fevers, you know, and um, the person just reached out and believed God for that. And, you know, later on they found out that this message was preached two years ago, but it still had in it the power to meet that need. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, the malaria stopped and everything was fine. Praise God. So that is the kind of power that we tap into when we are open to the scripture and yielded to the scripture. And the timelessness and the ageless, limitless power of God is available. Hallelujah. And it's always directed towards blessing you, blessing the nations. Hallelujah. So let's believe God together. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's hear Galatians 3, 7 through 9 also in Canada. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We uh, shared something last Sunday or the past Sunday uh, out of Second Peter. And, uh, you know, it is amazing how all of these scriptures have a way of leading you to some very, very interesting thoughts. In Second Peter 1, you will notice after the whole lineup of verses given there, he says that you will be given in the 11th verse an entrance that is abundant into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then Peter now, I believe is personalizing it in the 12th verse, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, 13 continues, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ had showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease, hallelujah, to have 
You know, today we may say demise, but King James there said disease, where, <laughs> you know, it is spelled D-E-C-E-A-S-E. To have these things always in remembrance. Notice here that he says, even after he leaves, he's going to endeavor that these verses and these thoughts come to us always. Isn't that interesting that he's at the, actually counting on some form of agency to always be reminded of these things. Even after Peter had left the earth. Isn't that interesting? And then he goes on to say in 16, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For we received, for he received, notice, from God the Father, honor, glory. There came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And he takes us to that mount of transfiguration where they were the special witnesses of that amazing, amazing uh, uh, translation of Jesus where the kingdom in its power was seen in him right there and they did not uh, taste death they enjoyed that they were alive and saw a foretaste of the kingdom as his even his clothing began to glisten and uh, whiter than any uh, washerman could could do and then he continues and this voice came which came from heaven. We heard when we were with him in the Holy Mount. Then he says how much more uh, sure the word of God that's given to us uh, is compared to all of these very, very amazing, exciting uh, experiences that they had. 19, he says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. That the praise God telling us plainly that we should know that uh, the prophecy of the scripture is not to be tampered with. Hallelujah. It has all of its uh, power and order. And it did not come by the will of man, but holy men were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke these things. Praise God. So there is a interesting lineup of thoughts there which we need to get a hold of. I like the amplified version of um, verse 19 there in Second Peter 1. Notice it says, We have the prophetic word made firmer still you will do well to play to pay close attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dismal squalid and dark place until the day breaks through the gloom and the morning star rises and comes into being in your hearts interesting and then 20 says Yet first you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of any personal or private or special interpretation. Then it puts in brackets loosening or solving. 
Hallelujah. So there is this thought that we have to get a hold of that, uh, you know, there has to be attention given to this light that was left for us, that it will continue to shine and become brighter and brighter, especially now as the darkness is so prevalent and nobody can deny it, that we pay attention, close attention to the word and give it its place. It will cause light to rise up within us and it will just clear up all the darkness until you experience light in yourself, even the Lord himself, and your path gets brighter, your life gets brighter and brighter in the midst of all that you see around you. Praise God. Uh, Praise God, praise God, praise God. I love the fact that God did not just leave us in a dark world with no means of seeing the way, no means of illumination. Thank God that this holy writ, this scripture was given to us. Glory to God. But I like the 20th verse also. No prophecy of scripture is a matter of any personal, private, special interpretation, uh, loosening and solving. The original uh, rendering of it is from a word, uh, idios, idios, you know, which is very close to the word idiot. So um, (laughs) we have to be careful that we don't give it some idiotic meanings, but we rather are concerned with God's meaning of the scripture and God and what God wants to say. Hallelujah. Thank God. The word private interpretation in King James. That word private there is the word for idios, which also means you're bothered only about yourself. Hallelujah. A selfish interpretation. Amen. Not what God has for us. Hallelujah. God is thinking about his plans, his family, his people. And it's possible for us to just think about the individual ourselves just <laughs> and have our own personal interpretation and that is not right. Hallelujah. That could cause destruction. Amen. Very interesting. All right. Let's see if we can read a thing or two also out of this in Canada. Maybe we can hear verse 11 through, I think we've done, done 11, not, not yet, 11 through uh, 13 ನಮ್ಮ ಕರ್ತನು ರಕ್ಷಕನು ಆಗಿರುವ ಯೇಸು ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನ ನಿತ್ಯ ರಾಜ್ಯದಲ್ಲಿ ಪ್ರವೇಶಿಸುವ ಹಾಗೆ ನಿಮಗೆ ಧಾರಾಳವಾಗಿ ಅನುಗ್ರಹಿಸಲ್ಪಡುವುದು ಆದದರಿಂದ ನೀವು ಈ ಸಂಗತಿಗಳನ್ನು ತಿಳಿದವರಾಗಿ ಈಗಿನ ಸತ್ಯದಲ್ಲಿ ಸ್ಥಿರವಾಗಿದ್ದರೂ ಇವುಗಳನ್ನು ಯಾವಾಗಲೂ ನಿಮಗೆ ಜ್ಞಾಪಕ ಕೊಡುವುದಕ್ಕೆ ನಾನು ಎಂದಿಗೂ ಅಲಕ್ಷ್ಯ ಮಾಡುವುದಿಲ್ಲ ಹೌದು ನಾನು ನನ್ನ ದೇಹವೆಂಬ ಗುಡಾರದಲ್ಲಿರುವ ತನಕ ನಿಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಜ್ಞಾಪಕ ಪಡಿಸಿ ಪ್ರೇರಿಸುವುದು ಯುಕ್ತವೆಂದೆಣಿಸಿದ್ದೇನೆ ಪ್ರೇಸ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಸೋ ಹಿ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂ ಸೇಯಿಂಗ್ ದಟ್ ಈವನ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಹಿ ಲೀವ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಇಸ್ ಡಿಸೀಸ್ ಆರ್ ಡಿಮೈಸ್ ಹಿ ವಿಲ್ ಬಿ ಏಬಲ್ ಟು ಬ್ರಿಂಗ್ ದೀಸ್ ಥಾಟ್ಸ್ ಟು ಅಸ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ದಮ್ ಆಲ್ವೇಸ್ ಇನ್ ಆರ್ ರಿಮೆಂಬ್ರೆನ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಆರ್ ಮೆಮೊರಿ ವೆರಿ ಇಂಟ್ರೆಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ Uh, we'll read that also in verse 15 in Kannada. 
ಹೇಗಿದ್ದರೂ ನೀವು ನನ್ನ ಮರಣಾನಂತರದಲ್ಲಿ ಇವುಗಳನ್ನು ಯಾವಾಗಲೂ ಜ್ಞಾಪಕ ಮಾಡಿಕೊಳ್ಳುವುದು ಸಾಧ್ಯವಾಗುವಂತೆ ಪ್ರಯಾಸ ಪಡುವೆನು and through uh peter also to bring these things to our memory over and over and then we can also see how we have a more sure word of prophecy verse 19 in kannada namagu bahu drudavada pravadaneya vakyavu iruttade aadinavu belaguvavarege udaya nakshatravu nimma hrudayagalalli mooduva tanaka adannu kattaleyada sthaladalli prakashisuva deepa vendenisi adakke neevu lakshya koduvadu olledu glory to god hallelujah it's interesting to see that the 20th verse begins with knowing this first and uh, that's exactly what it means so without that healthy knowing of these things first that the prophecy does not have any private loosening or solving or any personal way of interpreting it but the way that god has which is supposed to be the right way we should be yielded to tune in and hear him hallelujah and his way of interpreting it rather than just our personal take on the matter amen and uh, that is healthy and that will keep you praise god hmm let's hear verse 20 also in kannada barahada yava pravadaneyu kevala svantavagi vivarisatakkantaddellavembadannu modalu tilidukolliri so you can te- you can see for instance here that or you can tell that god is not just thinking about one person he's thinking about his family he's thinking about uh all of his creation he's thinking about salvation and not willing that any should perish and so whatever interpretation we get should always uh come along those kind of lines that is not just you alone us for no more it has to involve others it has to involve a family it has to involve uh god's thinking that's the way he thinks that his first of all the father and he has that heart and so we have to begin to filter our thoughts through all of that also praise god and so uh, peter is going to be able to remind us of these things how do you think he would do it well i'm sure he would do it through means that are already available to us hallelujah and uh, by the power of the holy spirit the almighty god through the scripture foreseeing everything will be able to bring these things to our memory hallelujah in second timothy 2 notice there he says in verse 2 and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also so it's going to be through this kind of uh means as usual the faithful people who will be able to teach others also that is how peter was going to uh, be sure that these things would be communicated to the memory again and again brought to our remembrance glory to god these are the means by which god does it he looks for faithful men who will hear and then teach others also praise god and so i believe that if we are doing these things according to 
the scripture and uh, hearkening to them and constantly being reminded of them, we are in the perfect will of God. And we are yielding to the heart of God and uh, the thoughts of Peter here. Amen. So let's not uh, uh, sit idly by, but let us be engaged in the hearing of these things and then communicating it and committing it to other faithful people. Notice the definition of faithful from that verse means who shall be able to teach others also. Amen. So uh, God is looking for them and one day he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful. Notice that, thou good and faithful. Praise God. So he's looking for people who are going to grow up and uh, listen and tune in and hearken and then commit to others who are going to be like-minded also. And these are the methods by which God's will comes to pass on the earth. And every other experience is supposed to only engage us even more in all of these things. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's uh, hear 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 also in Kannada. Glory to God. And in that same vein, thinking like that, he says, Therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. Amen. So there is a way that God is looking at us. He looks at us as soldiers also. Praise God. And he says soldiers are supposed to be hard guys. You know, they endure hardness. They are tough guys. Glory to God. And that we are engaged in war. And that, you know, if you are engaged in war, then the affairs of this life are not supposed to be uh, entrapment and entanglement. But that we are looking for opportunity to please Him who chose us even before time began. Hallelujah. Who enlisted us, looked at us and said, you are my soldier. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's uh, begin to wrap our minds around this, get close to these thoughts, and begin to be engaged in remembering these things. Because Peter said, I know I'm going, the Lord told me I'm going back home, and uh, now I'm going to endeavor that you are reminded of these things, how the Word of God is more powerful than any cunning, crafty interpretation. But God is thinking about all of us thinking about how to reach each person with his great love and care, concern, victory. And that we should be able to endure whatever is out there and continue making the main thing the main thing. Hallelujah. The main thing is that we are busy making uh, this message available and that others will be able to pick it up and teach others also. And that is a quality of faithfulness. To be able to endure everything and still maintain this absolute compass-based uh, will of God. Pointing in God's direction, heaven's direction. 
Amen. No matter what's going on out there, glory to God. We need to be able to think like this and maintain these thoughts. And the scripture will communicate all of heaven's blessings, benefits. Make sure that we receive anything that's required to do these things. Amen. And he's a faithful God. Maybe we can look at these thoughts also in 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 to uh, 5 in Canada. Aneka Sakshigala Munde Nino Naninda Kedida Vugalane Tarige Saha Bodhisa Shaktarada Nambigasta Manushirige Opisikodu. Adadarinda Nino Yesu Kristana Olde Sainikan and Teshramayana Nubavisu. Yudake Hoguvanu e Jivanada Vyavahara Galali Sikikikolade Tananu Sainikan and Nagi Arisikondavananu Mechisuvadake Prayasa Padu Atane. Idalade Yavanadaru Pravina Tegagi Horaduaga Niamada Prakara Horada Didere Avanige Kirita Doreyuadilla. Praise the Lord. It's very powerful when you start to think about it. Everything is in the scripture, you know, that big, just a volume. And uh, God has all of his power, all of his glorious ability to move into the past, present, and future and affect lives permanently. Praise God. And you are holding that in your hands and you can actually tap into it and enjoy what God planned. It's amazing. So let's, with reverence, begin to approach all of this and do what we are created to do. Try to be a faithful person, yield yourself to God and do what He called you to do, which is communicate these things to others also. Especially, you may say that I am already aware of this present truth. The present truth is the truth for the church. But then, as you uh, meditate and think about it more and more, you are uh, aroused or stirred up. And it is the memory being uh, renewed that causes you to be aroused and stirred up to do these things, to be fired up, so to speak, about something that seemed like just another message, just another reading of Scripture. But the more you listen to it, the more you uh, bring it to your memory, the more you continue to ponder about it and prayerfully think upon it, it stirs you up, it rouses you up, it fires you up, and then it begins to point you into heaven's direction. Hallelujah. And that is important. Notice the value systems of uh, the scripture. Mark chapter 8 says in verse 36, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? <laughs> Praise God. Notice how God is weighing these things out. He's saying that your soul is uh, priceless. There is no amount of money you can pay for it. Even if you sold the whole earth, it would not be in, in, you know, equal to the price of your soul. That is how much it is. It is so, so precious. Because God created you in His image. In His likeness. What is God's value? Can you buy God? Can you buy the life of God? Can you buy a soul? 
Praise God. Usually people value things based on uh, the price you attach to it. But if you cannot give it a price, what do you do? That you cannot pay for it. There are some things you just cannot pay for. Hallelujah. God knows that. And so they are called things that you cannot pay for. <laughs> so <laughs> it makes sense. Doesn't it make sense? The value that you cannot imagine that you do not have to pay is what Jesus paid. That is the value of your life, your soul. Praise God. And so you need to begin to see that what we are tapping into, what we are studying here is, is beyond human value systems. It is beyond natural calculations. It's way gone beyond all of that. Even if you sold the whole earth, it cannot be valued next to your soul. And God says it is your soul and you need to handle it and bring it into line with uh, God's way of thinking. Hallelujah. Amen. So we need to begin to appreciate all of these things in greater measure, especially when all of these truths are being marred even more and more now, and you are brought down to the level of what you don't even know what you are anymore. And your value is nothing. And you are expendable. You are just like grass. Of course, the glory of man, man's own attempts are like the grass. It will always fade and wither away. What God is talking about is your soul. Hallelujah. So even though we, we bear our soul in these bodies, we cannot actually compare the body to the soul. Praise God. We have to be able to differentiate that properly. There are temporary and there are eternal things. And we need to be able to line them up properly. Not for our own personal you know, interest, but for God's plan. Ha, ha, ha. So it is all about profit. And we need to tap into, finally, in quote, real profit. Hallelujah. So uh, let's get it right. Let's get it the way God sees it because he's the one who sees it properly, clearly. We are here seeing darkly through a mirror. Hallelujah. We see through some kind of fog all the time, through a mist. And so the more you look into that mirror, the, the clearer things become. And if you're not looking into it in the first place, you're just seeing nothing. You don't know anything. You're just seeing darkness everywhere. But thank God he did not leave us without light. And he did not leave us without the clear image. Praise God. Ha, ha, ha. Let's hear Mark chapter 8, 36 and 37 also in Canada. Obba manushyanu lokavan nella sampadisi kondaru tanna swanta atmavannu nashtapadisi kondare avanige labavenu. Praise God. Notice how it's on the heels of the next verse. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous, sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed 
when he cometh in the glory of his father with the holy angels interesting thought there whether you will look at it as the coming in the rapture or the final uh, coming where he comes to establish his kingdom thank god he's coming and our hearts need to be prepared amen and therefore it has to do with not being ashamed <laughs> you know not being embarrassed of god and his word like this is not proper now you know how can you just be so holy right now how can you be so set apart now it's rather inconvenient no we cannot do that because we are sowing into something that we're going to face later we need to give that the place it ought to have amen praise god and so let's be careful of these little little symbols and signs that show up you know slight embarrassment you know uh all of those things <laughs> when you think about the word of god when you are in that awkward moment that you're reading your bible you are praying you don't fit in you know all of that stuff you need to be able to <laughs> wait, wait wait all properly and, and think about the value that god has given to these things and he, how dare you try to be ashamed of it how dare you try to be embarrassed that's simply being like them who have no revelation who have no understanding and so we are not embarrassed of these things or about these things we are not embarrassed about god and his holy word amen but we give it highest priority we want to give it the highest place higher than anything else oh glory to god glory to god it is a very weird generation we're living in probably the worst before the tremendous troubles of jacob's trial and so you are seeing some things already and there can be a serious embarrassment oh you go to church oh you read your bible who are you you know to fit into their thinking to be idiotic like them to deny god and be foolish is the fashion so you need to distance yourself from that as much as possible i believe that because your value you're just understanding your actual values you're just understanding what is precious and you're learning how to separate the precious from the vile hallelujah this is where understanding and dissection of the word comes where you study the word you divide it properly you're able to separate precious from the vile hallelujah all of these things go into eternal values and you are embarrassed about the right thing you're embarrassed about failure and sin you're embarrassed about you know being under the curse you are embarrassed about being worldly not embarrassed about god not embarrassed about his word hallelujah you're embarrassed about having anything to do with the curse praise god ha 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 so we need to begin to uh, adjust and that's what we are here for to listen to heaven heaven has not changed his plan uh, our father hasn't changed his plan or his thoughts and we need to give them the maximum value
Amen. Glory to God. So this is our constant uh, determination. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hmm. I think we read uh, Mark 8, have we, in Canada? Amen. Glory to God. It's, uh, 30. Okay, let's do the last verse there also. Praise God. So we have to begin to look at it like that, not just thinking only about ourselves. We have to start thinking, how does that affect the body of Christ? How does that affect the world? How does that affect God's plan? That is how we have to begin to handle the scripture. For instance, in 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, you know, it talks about uh, idols and other things like that. And how we are clear in our conscience that there is only one God. For instance, verse 4, as concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols. We know that an idol is nothing in the world. That there is none other God but one. This is the scripture. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, we need to value it like that. Verse 6, but to us there is but one God. The Father, of whom are all things, and we in Him, and the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. How be it, verse 7 continues, there is not in every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Hallelujah. Their conscience being weak is defiled. So you could say uh, you have a strong conscience and therefore you can eat anything and that's great. Hallelujah. Verse 8 continues, But meat commended us not to God. For neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. Praise God. How about that? So in other words it means... (laughs) No big deal. The eating is not directly connecting anything to God. It's for your own benefit if you're going to eat it. So, you know, you can eat it if you feel like you want to eat it, but it's not really going to benefit your relationship with God. Amen. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's for your natural body. So you have to start thinking. Higher than all of that. Verse 9. But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. So you're thinking not of your own, uh, you know, appetite for that food. How it is so specially made and how the flavors of that food will be a little bit different. And so you can just eat it up. Or you begin to look outside and look around and consider them that are weak. And say, if I eat this, those that are weak may stumble and fall when they see me partaking of this. Ha, ha, ha. 
For if any man see thee which has knowledge. See? I don't want to publicly say these things because it can become a matter of, you know, checking out by others in the world. Hallelujah. But you can see what I'm talking about. Drop down to verse 13. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. In other words, even though I'm free and I'm delivered and I know there's only one God, I can eat anything. It's not going to bother me because my conscience is clear. That's what he's saying. But I don't want to cause others to fall. And I don't want to trip them up. So here he makes a very solemn oath. He says, If what I'm eating makes my brother to offend, notice the brother again, you know, this brother thing. My brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Amen. So we have to begin to uh, think about the brother and others and not just privately interpret things to become selfish. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the brethren are interesting. The Adelphos, the brethren. We don't want to wound their weak conscience and cause them to stumble and then we sin against Christ. Amen. Notice verse 12. But when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Hallelujah. So we don't want to be extreme and weird. But we want to think about others also. Amen. Glory to God. Ha ha ha. So we are not just bothered about ourselves in the interpretation of scripture. We want to consider others and uh, think, is it going to benefit my brother? How is it going to be a blessing in this world? And so on and so forth. That kind of decision making is what we are called to. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's read um, maybe a verse or two in Canada. Verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 8. And maybe verse 9. Then verse 12 and 13 also. Amen. So, you know, that is a very solemn kind of oath there that he doesn't want to cause his brother to fall and stumble. So, for their sake, even though he had liberty 
he was not going to do certain things which would cause them to fall and fail. Amen? That kind of thinking is uh, vital in our handling of the scripture and having uh, this liberty and this blessedness that we can enjoy. Amen? Glory to God. So the more you are thinking along those lines, the more careful you become because you are thinking not of yourselves only, but you are considering the testimony in front of the brethren and generally the world at large. Amen. So we need to be careful that we are not, uh, you know, uh, offensive and causing people to fall. That is not right. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. But uh, let's go forward thinking on this for a minute. Let's go to the scripture again, because it's a Bible study. You know, remember that we are trying to uh, get the maximum out of the Word of God uh, for our time, for our season on the earth, not being ignorant, because your capacity to receive the Word of God is your capacity to receive everything else. And so we want to be able to be uh, the cup to receive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's such a blessing. Let's go to 1 John 2. Notice there an admonition. In verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Interesting. We are admonished to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And, uh, you know, thank God for things that are in the world, like cars, houses, and gadgets, and equipment, and all of that. But that's not really what he's talking about. Uh, He goes on to classify them as certain uh, appetites. Verse 16, all that's in the world, he says this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Everything in the world system out there is run by these three primary lusts or uncontrolled desires. And we have the ability to get involved in it or to back up from it. We do have that ability. Amen. Uh, We are living in the world. We are not of the world. We live uh, here right now in these natural bodies like everybody else. And our senses try to dominate us and rule us and bring all these impulses to us which are basically going to be categorized uh, eventually as lust of the eyes. Notice, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. That's not of the Father but is of the world. So that is the category of the world. Whatever you see, uh, you know, beckoning you, calling you, I want you, I want you, I want you. Whatever you are feeling, all your emotions are saying, I want you, I want to control you. And then the pride or the ability to be embarrassed. Embarrassment over things that you should not be embarrassed about. Hallelujah. Amen. For instance, when Cain and his brother Abel offered to God and uh, God chose 
uh, Abel's offering and gift and tithe and whatever you want to call it, right there, you know, his brother was offended and hurt. Why should he be offended and hurt? That attitude is what we are talking about. If you are offended and hurt about the things of God, your attitude is not right. Amen. Anything that causes this offense is what you should go and look at. Why are you offended? If you do it properly, God will accept it. So why are you offended? Is it because of the brother? It's because of the brother. The brother got the approval. I didn't get it. And that's not good for me. And it drove him to murder. You see, that is uh, the world. You're competing, you're comparing, instead of looking at what pleases God. Hallelujah. So we have to begin to uh, refine our, in quote, search a little closer as we deal with our soul. Do a nice search inside, refine things, uh, you know, make the fields a little more pure and refined and then search and see is there anything good inside there do I have to remove it do I have to put it in the trash check inside the soul the value of the soul is very high all of the stuff that you see out there cannot be sold in balance to your soul it cannot be compared cannot be compared so God knows the true value of things and we are learning how to value things properly. Amen. So, uh, hallelujah. A lot of thoughts there, but we can see 1 John 2, maybe 15 and 16 also in Canada. So that, uh, you know, present day thinking of awkward, what is it awkward about? What is, what is, what is so awkward? What is the awkwardness of it? Is it the awkwardness of something that everybody is, uh, you know, lifting up so highly and you are not a part of that and so it's awkward or is it awkward that you are meditating in the word of God? Is it awkward that you're spending more time with the things of God? Is that the awkward thing? So we have to be able to value and uh, check properly what is awkward. Awkward, everybody wants to be a cookie cutter designed according to the awkwardness and the non-awkwardness of the world. Amen. I, I was praying for some children and they looked at each other like awkward. And I saw that and I thought for myself, yeah, that's, that's, that's how they are. They're like, the guy, you know, uh, it's awkward. <laughs> Pastor comes and prays for me. Awkward. That's how it is. I mean, we are growing in this world and some things are just awkward. To pray right now is awkward. But for us it's like, you know, not that awkward. Meanwhile, we have our own awkwardnesses also. You know, in the recesses of our soul that we have to search through, you know. And uh, <laughs> we all have work to do. Amen. And see whether we are moved by these affections, these desires. Is that our primary motivation? 
Hallelujah. Or are we thinking about the brethren? Are we thinking about the world? What is actually uh, driving us? Hallelujah. What is our motivation? What is the intent? What is the thought of the heart? And only God sees those things. Amen. So, um, hallelujah. When it comes out in the open and becomes a habit and a known fact, then it's a little bit late because everybody knows it now. So it's better to deal with it while it is still subtle and in the thoughts. Amen. It is better to deal with the thoughts. We're not talking about some weird kind of fanatic person you are. No, but there is some place in the middle that you can see. This is not an extreme nutcase job. But this person knows how to handle these things. That middle of the road life seems to be very hard for people. Amen. But there is a middle ground of great blessing. We're not saying you cannot watch TV. We never say that. We're not saying you cannot wear cool clothes. We never say that. But you have to think about, you know, hey, who am I really motivating here? Am I just motivating myself? My desire, my thoughts, or am I being a blessing to the brethren? How is this affecting the brethren? Glory to God. Lots of stuff. So each one has to be convinced about these things and, you know, draw from it and see uh, really where, where you can draw the line. Amen. Praise God. Now, let's hear, maybe we can hear, we've heard this, right? Let, let's jump off to a similar scripture. Uh, you know, numerically speaking, is similar. Uh, in the book of Songs of Solomon. Songs of Solomon. You know, we are, the Bible hasn't changed. We're still called to live like this, do all these things. Amen? We are not going to uh, do one doctrine at the expense of the other. Amen? Aha, uh-huh. we believe in prosperity, in having this and that and the other, because the earth is yours. God has given everything to you. All things are yours. Amen. You can eat everything. I mean, ha ha. You have so much liberty in Christ. You're such a blessed person. Glory to God. But then uh, it should not go and cancel out the others, the brethren. What is the blessing that is being communicated to them? Or How is it becoming an embarrassment that has to be noted and taken care of? Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15 says, Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines for your vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Uh, I don't claim to be a farmer, but... um, I've been fascinated by, you know, the common village life. Every time I go uh, around there, I observe and, you know, thank God for that's where we all came from, you know, initially. And then we moved to urban areas and cities and all of that. But uh, in the vineyard here, there's, there's some problem. There's, there's these guys called little foxes and they could cause trouble for the grapes, Back in that place where, you know, the setting seems to be the Middle East, you know, there. Here we may not have foxes. Here we may have rats. Rats. We may have some some other kind of pestilence. Amen. But uh, notice that it's the little foxes. They kind of go through. They just kind of 
Erenyapoi kind of deals. They pass through, they kind of make it through all the protection, the little foxes. Amen. So if there is, for instance, a wind blowing, you don't try to see if the building is moving. You look around and see if the paper is flying here and there, the dust is blowing. So you don't look for the big things. You look for the little things. Amen. Once it becomes big like that, I mean, that's, that's another level. But for us, we are looking for the little things, the small, small signs. Even in the legitimate areas of life. Not in the blatant sin. In the places that we are legitimately allowed to be. Hey, you can have that. You can live like this. You can have this. You can do that. But in that area, we pay attention to the little details. And observe the movement of our impulses. And see, ah, you like that. Ah, we have to see about that. Oh, you like this. Mm. Like that, you know. You, you begin to check, oh, that's getting a little too much. This is getting a little out of control. Yeah? And so we take stock, so to speak, and observe not the large things, the little things. The legitimate things. Not the blatant. You know, at some point in life as a believer, you are free from the big biggies. You know, the blatant things. They don't find you in the booze joint. They don't find you, you know, in the dives, the local joints and all that. No, but you're more, you know, in an enclosed society of church and brethren. And that's the next field of play. Hallelujah. But within that field, there's even a closer field inside you. Your own soul. Amen. And so you have to begin to look in there now. Because you are not out there blatant anymore. But in the small, small things you are now watching the meters. Oh, that has increased. This is reduced. We have to move on this one. We have got to cut that out. Hallelujah. See, so not nutcase, you know, weird. Just there's a place of freedom. And a place where you are called to a higher life. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Which is not in this ditch or that ditch. Glory to God. But you have things that are right going on. And you have examined closely. Praise God. Let's see. Um, Song of Solomon's 2.15. Amen. Praise God. Notice Hebrews chapter 12, talking about, excuse me, those who were come earlier, uh, the roll call of faith of Hebrews 11, all of us who have believed, we also will be having a, a write-up about our lives. And one of these days, you know, uh, by faith you did this, by faith you did that, we'll be there. Amen. And then talking about them as a, company and a family says in verse 1, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. See, there is this family that is watching and we're going to be seeing them and, uh, you know, we should be embarrassed about that. <laughs> That's good embarrassment. Whoops, I'm being watched. There's cameras everywhere inside me. Hallelujah. They're checking everything out. They're seeing stuff. Amen. So God is watching inside. Uh, I don't know how much the others in heaven can see. 
but they can see some stuff. I don't know what level of, uh, you know, entrance they have into your private life, but they can see stuff. And uh, we are compassed about them. This is a reason why we should obey the scripture here. He says, seeing that we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Because you are being watched on the screens in heaven now, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. So you can see here the main focus is to run the race that is set before us. And that for that to be successful, we should lay aside not just the sin, but every weight also. The weights refer to things that are actually legal. They are legitimate. You can do this. You can do that. You can eat this. You can drink that. You can live like this. All that is there. But you don't want it to become a weight. To yourself and to others. You don't want it to become a hindrance, you know, to yourself running the race and to cause the brethren to stumble and be offended. Amen. Just an interesting life. It's a delicate life. Here we are trying to not be moved by the pressures of people, but we have a pressure. Amen. Here we are not to be moved by the fear of man, but we have a healthy respect for the brethren. Amen. And we factor it in, into our daily lives. So all of this comes into play here, and it should be motivated by the love of God. Because if it's not from the love of God, it is a waste. It is a vain thing. It should be motivated by Because God loves them, and God loves me, and I love them. And love is always thinking about others first. Amen. Of course, you have to love yourself, but then you have to know how to make that happen when it comes down to the love walk. Amen. So you consider all of these and run with patience. Notice that. Endurance that is required to continue like this because you can get weary of all this goody goody stuff. And you may just quit and say, let's just do some wild stuff, you know. Just be a cheat day once in a while and not be bothered about brethren, not be bothered about the world and just do what I want, just cheat on everything. The big cheat day, you know. There's, it's a fashionable thing to have a, a cheat day because everybody's eating some uh, kind of a very healthy thing or the other. And then they have a cheat day where they just go eat everything they were not eating before. You know, So you could have your private cheat day where you just go, and do whatever you want. Amen. You know, it's, it's true. Let's, you know, call it what it is. And so we need to think about that and see whether that is in line with a future that is going to be uh, worthy of praise. Because you are going to be weighed, you know, before God's eyes and His love. And we need to find out whether it was based out of love or whether it had a selfish agenda in it. Amen. Let us run patiently to maintain this every day, every day, every day. The same thing, 
the same standards, keep it going higher and higher, requires persistence and endurance. Amen? And that's why we need to develop that. And then also run the race at the same time. That means find out what God wants you to do without selfish plans. God, what do you want? And sometimes it it harmonizes with what God has already put in your heart. Amen. You see, sometimes it does not fully agree with what you have in your heart. (laughs) For instance, you may have, you know, in your heart to just chill out on the beach. Maybe even the Hawaiian beach and just get a call to Hawaii. Just go out there and just... All that you dress in is just flower power 24-7. And you preach with aloha written all over you. And if that was God's plan, that's wonderful. Please go there and just be the aloha man. (laughs) But it would be pointless to go in that direction if God actually called you to Timbuktu, for instance. Amen? So... (laughs) We have to let the love of God, His plan, which is always good. And that is what we're talking about. That soul cannot be purchased. It's priceless. There is no price you can attach to that. Only God knows the value of that. Amen. And you will notice everything in the world will not be able to be compared with the value of that kind of soul. Is what God said. Now... That may be awkward at different levels of life. But as you see it God's way, you finally accept it. That this is best. You know, you would end up saying, I guess that would be best. Hallelujah. So you can choose. God will help us. Amen. Verse 2, looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God, of the throne of God. You see, we have someone who has already gone and suffered these things. And you saw how he prayed. It was not easy for him. You can fellowship with that. You can say, Lord, it's not easy. And it was not easy for you. And you know what I'm going through. And you're praying for me. And you're on my side. And you want to help me go through what you created me for. And he's there as your mediator. As your great high priest. As your uh, apostle. uh, Who has gone ahead. Who has gone ahead as your great high priest. And forerunner. And is praying for you. And using your words. And using your prayers. And at the end it's all joy. Joy at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. It's going to be joy that you cannot imagine. Limitless, boundless joy. You will say, I'm so glad I did the right thing. I'm so glad I chose properly. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So all of these things are there, brother and sister. We need to. Begin to factor them in, especially in the very, very dark moments that we live. Things are becoming awkward because they are right. Because God said they are right. It is a challenge now like that. Because it is the right thing to do, it is awkward. So, you know, smoking pot is now all right. Because they said it's all right. So the law is for those who are uh, lawless, for the unrighteous. 
But for us who are righteous, we don't need anybody to tell us what's right and wrong. We know what's right and what's wrong. Hallelujah. We were not waiting for some XY person to say this is right. We already know what's right because the law is written in us right now. In our hearts. And by the Holy Spirit alone can we fulfill it. Not by our strength. Amen. So walking in love, which is the fulfillment of it all, we cannot do in our strength. We can only do by the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who started it, who started the good work in us, he will finish it. He's the author and the finisher of that faith. He began the good work in us. He's faithful. He will accomplish it. So we lean on him. Everything boils down back to Jesus. Everything comes back to him. It's not our strength. It's not our ability. If we could do it by ourselves, we wouldn't need a savior. We would not need someone to start and finish and work in us. We would not need anybody to pray for us. We would not need any ability from heaven. We could do it on our own. But God knows that this is a good work that you cannot value in earthly uh, thoughts and earthly ideas. This is way beyond their scope. They cannot understand it. It it comes by revelation. And God knows that. And so we are called to that life and that light where there is no darkness at all. To live there, to live in that place. Wow, what a privilege that you and I were chosen for it. And to be found faithful doing it. Amen. Praise God. Let's see this, uh, if we can, in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Glory to God. So we are careful. We are doing our part prayerfully, humbly before God, believing that God is faithful, that He'll work it out. And so there are prayers to be prayed where you are tapping into God's power, God's uh, will and good pleasure, you know, that God says, yes, this is something I'd love to answer. This is something I would love to do. Hallelujah. Because the scripture has already seen us, seen everything and planned for blessing. Glory to God. (laughs) You see, you're not a loser actually, you're a winner. And so through all of these seemingly, you know, loser choices you're making, you are winning. You're sowing something that you're going to reap. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's coming back to you. In God's own way of measuring it back, it's coming. Hallelujah. So you're not wasting your time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Notice Hebrews, where in the 6th chapter, the 10th verse, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. 
God doesn't forget that. God noted it. God noticed it. God records these things. Verse 11. But the thing is to continue. And we desire that every one of you. Do show the same diligence. To the full assurance of hope. To the end. That you be not slothful. But followers of them. Who through faith and patience. Inherit the promises. (laughs) Glory to God. God has sworn by himself that in blessing he will bless and he will not change. He found nobody else greater so he swore by himself. He said, it is my integrity on the line. In blessing I will bless you. So he is not going to forget these things. They are accruing to your benefit. Amen. Notice, but continuing in it is where we need help to be able to Do it again and do it again and not get weary in well-doing. We need help. Praise God. Glory to God. Maybe we can hear Hebrews 6, 10 and 11 also in Kannada. Hallelujah. The 12th verse continues that you be not slothful. You know, laziness is a big problem. As you begin to feed that slothfulness, it affects every other area. You become impatient. You become faithless because you're not hearing. You're not building up yourselves. And so you delay the inheritance of the promises. Amen. So let us not be slothful. It is a tendency in the world to be slothful. You know, to just shave, to just dress properly is is becoming uh, not right. Have you noticed that? It's, uh, it's being proje- projected as, uh, you know, strange. That if you dress up too well, you are not okay. Something's wrong with you. Amen. <clears throat> so, uh, let's dress up as much as we can. <laughs> but do it with the right motive. Amen. Not being slothful. Not because you were lazy. That you did it on purpose. Whatever you did, it was not, laziness was not behind it. Amen? So we may be able to stay awake, pray, study, fellowship with God even more. Because we're not lazy. Amen? And guess what will happen if you keep living like that? You're studying, you're praying, you're seeking God. Sometimes you stay awake all night in prayer. What's going to happen? Of course, your life is going to affect other lives. Amen. Of course, everybody has a nice bed to sleep on, but you decided not to. You decided to stay awake. You decided to spend more time studying and praying, seeking his face. Followers of them who through faith and patience, faith and patience, inherit the promise. So there's going to be all this emotion and baggage that goes with it. Your emotions cannot be trusted. Hallelujah. You have to separate them and agree with God. You can see it as a life of discipline. 
you are a soldier you know there's a whistle in the morning there's a, there's an alarm in the morning that the soldiers have to wake up you know in french it's called réveiller which means wake up <laughs> you wake up which uh, you know other folks just say revile revelay revelay minois réveiller hallelujah so just to say it you have to wake up just to say it properly <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody was listening to another preacher who talked a lot about this and said, "She always makes me feel guilty that he spends sleepless nights praying." You may feel guilty. Amen, but settle it. If you have to stay awake and pray, stay awake and pray. You know. Amen, and uh, it's there. It's part of our life. Jesus said, "Pray. Why can't you pray with me?" He needed prayer. He wanted someone to pray with him and he he had to pray himself. And he said that he he finished the battle in the garden before he went out there. It is always in prayer that these things are settled. Amen. So when you do it properly, there's a special undergirding that takes place. God gets involved in the thing and steers and moves things in the spirit. rather than just in your flesh. Hallelujah. Maybe we can hear verse 12 also in Canada as we are winding down. ಹೀಗೆ ನೀವು ಮೈಗಳ್ಳರಾಗಿರದೆ ನಂಬಿಕೆಯಿಂದಲೂ ತಾಳ್ಮೆಯಿಂದಲೂ ವಾಗ್ದಾನಗಳನ್ನು ಬಾಧ್ಯವಾಗಿ ಹೊಂದುವವರನ್ನು ಅನುಸರಿಸುವವರಾಗಿರುವಿರಿ. Glory to God. We'll go to 2 Thessalonians. Notice the third chapter. Verse 3. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. You know Jesus prayed in John 17 saying that we should not just be taken out of the world but we should be kept from the evil one until the day when he comes to take us away. Amen. And he prayed for all of us the Bible says not just for those who he was with at that time but those who would believe through their words. Amen. The whole 17 chapters worthy of reading again and again to see how Jesus thought about us, how the scripture has communicated to us that you know the word has seen everything and planned for our blessing. And if Jesus prayed for us, then this is the will of God that you are kept from the evil one. Notice the Lord is faithful who shall establish you. Establishing is important and God will help us to be established established properly and keep you from evil hallelujah and it goes on notice that's god's part look at verse 4 and we have confidence in the lord as touching you that you both do and will do the things we command you so that's god's part and then your part so god will do what he's going to what he said but then you have a part to do the things that are commanded we should do whatever he has told us to do we should do mary his mother said that right the mother of the lord jesus said whatever he tells you to do do it she understood that if you do your part god can do what he wants and so we need a prayer look at the prayer verse 5 and the lord direct your hearts into the love of god and into the patient waiting for christ 
Hallelujah. So notice that this prayer is going to be answered, definitely. That God can direct our hearts into the love of God and the patient waiting for Christ. Amen. So as we pray this prayer, uh, I believe that God will help us. God will help us to do the right thing. From the love of God, from the perspective of, I love the brethren. I love the Lord. I love what the Lord loves. And we can be directed there, guided into that constantly to patiently go through another day and another day and another day. Hallelujah. Till we see Jesus face to face. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's hear in Kannada from the third through to the fifth verse. Adare kattanu nambigastanu, atanu nimmannu drudapadisi nimmannu kedininda tappisuvanu. Naavu nimage aajnapisuva prakara niivu maadu attirentalu mundeyu maadu virentalu nimma vishayadalli kattana moolakavagi namage bharavasa untu. Kartanu Nimma Rudayagalanu Devara Pritiliu Kristanigagi Tarme in the Kadu Kondiruva Hageu Nadisali. Praise the Lord. So there is that kind of a flow you see God saying something and you saying and you doing something and God praying and God desiring. Jesus is actually praying for you. God desires some things for you which he has already prayed in John 17 which he prays right now for us, Hebrews 7.25 says. And so as you tap into that, this is the way he wants it. He answers that. You see the answer. Amen. And then you do these things. Notice uh, out of the famous James chapter 1, verse 23, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgeteth what manner of man he was. You know, we have to be reminded in the word of God what kind of person we are, who we actually are. And the more we remember that, the more we act on it. Otherwise, it's possible to forget what manner of man you are, who you really are. What you have been created in Christ. It's possible to forget that. And you are simply like everybody else. Acting like mere men. Acting without a special ability. Without God's love. Without God's power. Verse 25 says. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. And continues therein. The power of continuation. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Hallelujah. So the blessing of doing it is what we are talking about. And it involves diligence, giving all diligence. You see verses like that, giving all diligence. God is the blesser of those who diligently seek him. Not just those who know he's there. But those who diligently seek Him. Amen. Amen. Most believers know He is. He's there. Some are wondering now. But thank God we, are, we know He's there. Hallelujah. And those who diligently press into these things. In seeking Him for who He is. All of those things come to us. He rewards 
those who diligently seek him. That's maturity. You move from, you know, what you can get from him to who he is. In the beginning, it's just about what can I get? What can I get? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? Then you have experienced it, you've seen it, and then you begin to meet him, you begin to seek him, you begin to desire him more and more, and all that the world is looking for is added onto you. But it comes, first of all, by our souls yielding. Amen? Our souls need to get to look and hear, look and hear, look and hear. And so we need to adjust things. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's believe God. Maybe we can hear James 1, um, 22 to 20, 23 to 25 also in Canada. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that we are kept, we are established, we are strengthened, we are built up in the word of your grace, settled, immovable, unshakable. That we will always abound in the work of the Lord. We will always abound in these things. Knowing that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. That you will guide our hearts. Guide us to the love of God. Yes Lord Jesus. To the patient waiting for the Lord Jesus. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Hallelujah faithful God. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you Lord for another day. Another week. Another opportunity to live for the glory of God. We give you the praise. We give you the honor for this. And anyone who's struggling in these areas, Lord, in Jesus' name, those chains snap off in Jesus' name. Fall away now. Every lying thing disappear in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Your word is truth. Hallelujah. Well, brethren, if you'd like to give, it's a great opportunity. I'm expecting to hear about the blessings in your life, even in this time when the world needs to see it even more. May the angels of God go and bring the increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, team. Thank you. You're blessed.